Welcome to the Central Group Leadership Podcast, a podcast to inform, instruct, and inspire you toward creating community within your church. Here's your hosts, Pastor Anthony Matrone and Pastor Sarah Marsiglio. All right, well, welcome to episode number four of the Central Group Leadership Podcast, where we hope to help you lead your group to closeness with God and with others. Today on the podcast, episode four, we have Casey Ray, who happens to be our middle school pastor here at Central, Uh, and we have a discussion about the roles that play out in a group setting and questions to be asking yourself as a leader. We're really excited to get to that, get that to you in a minute, but before that, Sarah, how are you doing? (laughs) Okay, so I'm not, I'm going to be honest right now. One of the questions I'm asking myself in my life is how many shamrock shakes am I going to be having in a couple weeks? What? I live for, well, okay, I don't live for shamrock season. Sounds like you do. I kind of do around this. So I'm already getting amped up. Shamrock shakes. I'm going to kind of do a plug at McDonald's. Have, oh, McDonald's. I was thinking Sonic or something. No, is, no, this no. Is, you don't, have you never tried one of these? Is it called like a Mick Shamrock? No, it's a Shamrock shake. That's They're green and delicious. Never had it. It's amazing. What's in it? It's it's like this. I mean, it's like minty, but not too minty. Oh, see, I wouldn't like that. I see, don't like mint things. I usually don't either, but this is good stuff. It's ridiculous. So that's the question I'm asking myself. How many Shamrock shakes am I going to down? Wow. Well, I hope you all enjoyed <laughs> the podcast today. Um, thank you for your input there, yeah. Sarah. That You're was welcome. great. Shamrock shakes. Go get you one so at good. McDonald's in a couple of weeks. <laughs> that's really good Anyways, hey, body. we had an awesome group leadership brunch. Woo. And that was fun. It was so fun. If you were there, you had a good time. Um, If you weren't, you missed it. Yeah. But you'll come to the next one. Yeah. Guarantee it. Absolutely. It was awesome. Pastor Jim just kind of cast some vision for those who were there. It was super great. We ate pancakes. Pancakes. So good. They were great. So good. They were great. Well, we do have uh, Casey Ray on the podcast today. Sarah, why don't you tell tell us a little bit about Casey? Yeah. Pastor Casey Ray's life has been motivated by his desire to impact the lives of kids and teens, help them connect with their creator, and fully realize their potential in Christ. Casey brings an extremely relational and practical background to ministry, specifically as it relates to students. He's a licensed professional counselor with a master's degree in counseling psychology, working specifically with at-risk youth in the foster care system since 2000. Casey brings prior experience as a children's pastor and is currently the president and CEO of the Good Samaritan Boys Ranch, a highly regarded nonprofit in Southwest Missouri, which provides support and care to the foster system and at-risk youth. All right. Well, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Group Leadership Podcast. Thanks for being with us. Well, hey, Casey, how's it going today? It's doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's so awesome to have you on the podcast. A lot of people don't know, but Casey's my next door neighbor. (laughs) Yes, we share a yard. We do. My leaves blow into your yard. Your leaves (laughs) blow into my yard. I feel like they mostly blow from yours to mine, though. Yeah, probably so. (laughs) I feel like, and they probably started down the street, quite honestly. Exactly. That's just kind of how my yard works. Well, enough about us and our leaves. I don't know. We could go there a little longer. We could. We (laughs) could. Um, so Casey, you have a lot of experience as a counselor, right? I'm right about that, right? Correct. I mean, yes. Okay, good. I didn't want to make yeah, no, get no, that no. wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, and you are the CEO of the Good Boy Samaritan 
ranch and you are also on staff here at central assembly how many things can you do Uh, you know there's going to be a limit one of these times i'm going to find it it's going to (laughs) be with a stress attack or something but that's all right but you have a lot of experience because of all those things being in kind of group settings right and so today we want to talk a little bit about like the structures of groups and and kind of how how that looks so can you explain a little bit about your background and what what you do with groups yeah, so depending on what role you're talking about, in fact, as we kind of prepared for this, mm-hmm. the, the role and, and the type of group really matters, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, in a group therapy role, you are facilitating discussion depending on what, what type of group it is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when I was a kid's pastor and I was facilitating group, it's a little bit like herding cats, but you, you, you're still, you know, you're still facilitating, but it looks differently, right? And now as a middle school pastor, it, it looks a little bit differently. So, mm-hmm. um, and then as CEO, yeah, I, I'm having meetings and, and it it depends on the type of meeting that you're having, those kind of things. And so, um, you know, there's lots of different types of groups that you end up having. And a church is kind of like this melting pot of all of those things yeah. when it comes to kids, youth, older adults, like uh, single adults. You know, you got dynamics going on with their um, with their all their their ages and their uh, professions and just where they are, stage of life, all those kind of things. And so uh, running groups is it's not an art, but it is mm-hmm. something that you really have to be in tune with, with some basic principles, right. Of mm-hmm. what's going on, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, follow with that. What are some of those basic principles? Okay. So what's the goal, right? right. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, I think that for me, what are we trying to accomplish with, within the group? Um, my, my best, uh, my best analogy is I always see like rookie mistake when I, when I see this with a group leader, uh, with kids or youth, the prayer request time, mm. right? Mm. Um, it, it, a prayer request turns into a support group really quick for kids <laughs> oh, as they yeah. pray for every ouch and boo-boo and nick, you know, <laughs> that, and cut and scrape that they have. And so I, I always love, because if you want to waste an hour of time, mm. and sometimes prayer I, time, I was going to say kids ministry, sometimes you're, you're just trying to kill an hour while the pastor <laughs> belabors <laughs> a point. But um, not here, though. No, definitely not. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Um, and I'm not a kid's pastor anymore. So, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. um, but you know, you get a kid going on, on each individual prayer request and all of a sudden it's about the request and not the prayer anymore. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I think we got to, you got to understand what you're trying to accomplish and try to figure that out. What is the goal of the group? Mm. Um, I, I go to, I, I wrote this down here so I'd sound really smart, but, uh, one of my favorite books is Seth Godin tribes. Mm-hmm. Right. And he wrote, mm-hmm. uh, the purpose of a tribe, which is another word for a group, is that they have to connect to one another, connect to a leader, and connect to an idea, mm. right? And so every tribe has to have a leader, and every mm. leader has to have a central idea or something that they're trying to accomplish. So I think that's first and foremost what you have to have. You have to what do you, you have to know the goal in mind. That's really mm. good. So, so obviously, when we're looking at our our sort of group setting here, mm-hmm. I we 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 talked a little bit as we were emailing back and forth earlier this week. The, the different types of yeah, 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 yeah. of groups mm-hmm. here. Can you can you kind of explain? You talk about a process group for versus information sharing or directional communication versus reciprocal communication. Like, can you explain those? And then we'll then we'll drill down to what we're doing here. At, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on where you are in the church, you know, you could be leading a Sunday school class and it could be very directional. That's right. Right. Uh, or you can lead a Sunday school class and you're more facilitating. Mm. And it, it really is going to depend on the makeup and, and how that at class is perceived. But, you know, if it's directional communication, it is one person imparting information 
you know, the information giver and then they are the information seeker, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, anyone on a podium is usually, you, that's the dynamic that's set up. That's why sometimes um, you'll see, I think some public speakers will try to get audience engagement and they don't realize that the dynamic that's set up is one way direction. Mm. And so you get crickets when you ask for participation because that's yes. not how it works. Right? Mm. Yes. Setting, right? And so you get that awkward pause until I feel maybe, like I've been that guy at the pulpit. I think I've been that guy. <laughs> I think we all have, that's how we know it. Right. Uh, the awkward cricket silence or when you make a fantastic joke and everyone yes. just kind of stares at you like, that yes. was funny. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so I think sometimes we, we end up, we want to be, a facilitator. We want to facilitate reciprocal communication where we're going back and forth, but the dynamic is maybe set up in a directional mm. format. And there's nothing wrong with directional. Sure. You know, if if you're teaching, um, if you're teaching a class and you're 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 taking information and giving it to them in digestible mm. bites, there's there's something powerful about that. But you you have to figure out what you're trying to accomplish. So I, I think there's there's room for all of those. We've got some great you know e- even in our our high school our our Sunday morning classes, JT is doing a wonderful, wonderful job yep. of facilitating discussion. Yeah. Whereas right next door, we're going through the Bible and it's more kind of the TBQ and, and going through that. And it, it's a, it's a whole, you've got two rooms next to each other. Mm. They're going through different styles and they're both very successful in how they're relating to the youth. Huh. One is mm. imparting knowledge of the scripture and the Bible while the other is going through real world kind of faith and what it looks like and having right. that discussion. So right. very interesting. That's awesome. So what if you're a group leader and your group has been meeting more in a directional way? So you're sharing, you're kind of setting the tone, but your group has adapted new members and you're wanting the head to more reciprocal. Like how do you even aid into that transition? Mm. Well, I, I think more than, more than anything, you have to start setting the expectation, mm. right? I, I think you set in group therapy, you always start, you start almost every session with, okay, here's the ground rules for the group. We don't, you know, what's shared in group stays in group. And we, you know, you go through, but there's, there's an element of that Mm. that states that expectation of here's what we can, here's what we can expect. Here's what we want. Here's what we desire. And once you state an expectation, there will inherently be people around you that want to fulfill your expectations. Mm. That's just Mm. human nature. Right. So state the expectation. Hey, we want, we encourage dialogue, Mm. right? Um, and so uh, if you stick that from the beginning and then you got to show, you got to, you, you may have to direct traffic a little bit um, and you may have to stop traffic if someone starts talking too much. Um, but, you know, once you state that expectation, then you got to follow through on and make sure that you're drawing people out and, and making sure that you're delivering on that expectation of mutual kind of collaboration. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So a lot of our groups are going to be that reciprocal. Mm-hmm sort of group. I mean, I, yeah. and, and like yeah. you said, yeah. we, we have some Sunday classes that are going to be a little different, sure. but, sure. but a lot of that's going to be reciprocal. So a lot of, a lot of listeners right now are, are thinking kind of in that, yeah. right. in that route. So, but, but there's always kind of different roles that people tend to play yeah. Yeah, 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 as yeah. group members. Yeah. Can you speak to a little bit of that? And I know, I know you don't like to, to, to place titles on, on, Oh, I love titles. Maybe Come on. Know. That's the best way to identify who I'm dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I hear you. Yeah, there's there's different roles that that people play throughout groups. I, um, even the facilitator plays a certain role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use my my mama as an example. She was my grandmother. We call mm-hmm. her we call her mama. Like uh, mama would pick me up from school sometimes, and she would interrogate me. 
Huh. Right? She wanted to know everything about I find myself doing it to my kids. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, I'm repeating this. I know. It's a generational curse. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you're just a parent. And you just, <laughs> yeah, like, just tell me about your day. Um, but what, what I found is that the more my grandmother interrogated me, the less I wanted to give. Yep. Right? And so as a facil- facilitator, sometimes you so want the mm. engagement, the involvement, the whatever, that you turn into a little bit of the interrogator mm. instead of being the inviter right? The invitational communication that a little bit. Sense. And so I think even your role as a facilitator, you got to, you got to make sure that you are playing the right role because um, if they feel interrogated, they're not going to okay. reciprocate, right? right? So, so, so I, I'm a group leader and I, I'm not, I can't pull anything out of my people. What, right. what do I need? Like, give me, give me a couple of of, of options to, yeah. to, 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 they're not talking. Yeah. Like right. what do I do? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I think there's a couple things you can do in that moment. One, um, start broad and narrow. Okay. Right. That's, that's my philosophy. At, well, shoot, you want to get into youth ministry or kids ministry, start yeah. broad and narrow. Um, you know, so you can, you can broaden out, broaden out, broaden out. Right. So if, if they're not talking about their day, let's talk about their week. And they're talking about their week. Gotcha. Let's talk about their month. They're talking about their month. Let's talk about 2020. Cause mm. that's something we can all relate. Sure. So it's the idea is at some point, something's going to trigger, right. You're huh. going to find something that's going to trigger the communication, but there's, Another piece that I, we used to do in group therapy a lot, and I, I learned this in grad school. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's Dr. Grant that, that taught mm. me this. Um, and so when I butcher it and he hears this, he's like, that is wrong, Casey. Shout out Dr. <laughs> Grant Jones. Um, but the idea of it is that you stop worrying about the content of the group and talk about the process, mm. right? And so if the goal is to go deeper in, in scripture, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the goal. And so you throw some things out. It's not igniting. There's no conversation. Then you'd go to the process. Hey, talk to me. What's going on with us right now? Mm. We're not wanting to engage on the script. So you call it out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're going process. What's yeah. wrong right. with the process that's that's breaking down? Okay. Right. Are the chairs uncomfortable? Is it too cold? Sure. Right. right. There's all sorts of things that break down in the process that stop you from really engaging in the that's content. That's great. And so sometimes you can just make it overt and say, hey, it's, it's not blaming anything. You're mm-hmm. just saying, hey, what's going on? Right. And sometimes you'll, you'll find that I find that in just my, my day-to-day meetings at my work mm. is okay. There's when you find that undercurrent or that undertone of, they're not really talking about the right things there. There's some resentment here. There's hostility mm. here. It, for me, it's much better just to say, okay, Hey, we're stopping the development meeting and we're let's, let's talk about what's really going on here. Cause I sense some tension. Is yeah. anyone else sense tension? Is it just mm. me? Right. That's so, so, so you can go to the process of it instead of just the content. And then mm. sometimes you'll, you'll get what's really going on. Like this is the wrong time of day to have this meeting. Right. Mm. It's, it's like an immediate feedback session that right. you can engage in and maybe then elicit responses from. Right. So then where is the balance of, I have my end goal in mind. This is where I want to take us. And this is the here and now. And it's important. I would always say, and maybe this is a personal preference because mm-hmm. I don't know, but I would always say the here and now trumps my agenda and my goal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and you can get into the Holy Spirit and how he leads us in those moments perhaps, but but I also think if you can't, if you're not going to deal with the here and now, you're never going to get to where you want to get to anyway. Right. Yeah. And so the idea is that it's all a process. If, if I need to accomplish 10 steps towards the process, I may only get to one today, but you mm-hmm. know what? That's okay. Because there's other stuff going on, or there's pieces here. Right. So, I, I think that I think that that's important. You still want to head there, mm-hmm. I, but I think you got to temper your expectations maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we all start off with this grand idea of, you know, what we're going to accomplish mm-hmm. and do. And sometimes I think our own frustration is because we've imposed our own yes. expectation upon it. Yes. Yeah. And 
nothing will frustrate you more quickly than your own expectations not being met. Right. right. That's, that's how we feel like a failure oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But when you step back and realize, you know what, I'm going to, uh, this moment, this is what was needed. And I'm going to give mm-hmm. myself permission to give them what they needed in that moment. Sometimes, you know, you talk about roles, you'll have somebody that is attention seeking. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Talk about that. I wanted to talk yeah. about that. Like, yeah. what, what do you do with that person? Well, <laughs> I always go to, we, we have that in my work a lot. We always talk about kids that detract from the group. Right. If, if they're seeking attention, they're seeking attention for a reason. Mm. Mm. Let's see if we can't ferret that out a little bit. Let's see if we can't figure out what is, why is this person needing right. attention and, and see if we can't address that. Right. Um, but oftentimes they're, atten- they're seeking attention because maybe the content is making them feel uncomfortable. Hmm. Right. Or they're seeking attention because there's something else going on in that that day. Sometimes, shoot, adults are just as guilty as this as kids and youth. But sometimes they're seeking attention because they're bored. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think we're like, why aren't you paying attention? And realize, oh, I'm boring you to death. That's why. You know, so so maybe we got to that's a little temperature check for us. Sometimes Mm. when you're seeking attention, there's lots of ways to deal with those. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, I, I always, I always err towards your presence is very powerful in any group setting, especially if you're the, the identified leader. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, with, with kids, depending on the setting, I, I, I may move around a bit. I mm-hmm. may go sit next to them. I may, uh, you know, at the, if there's a break, you know, I come back and, and I, I sit in closer proximity to them and mm-hmm. see if I can't maybe use my, the power of presence to elicit some sort of change. Right. And then also you can't be afraid to, to shut it down. You know, I, you know, what, mm. I'm Billy. I am so glad you've been sharing today. You know, I want to hear what so-and-so I thinks. I want to hear what yeah. Jill thinks, right? Let, talk to me about this, you know? And so I, I think sometimes you, you do have to shut it down and state the expectation and right. you can do that in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always a why behind seeking attention. Right. And, right. and sometimes that may involve a follow-up. That may be a little, uh, uh, you know, little dog flap in your book for, Hey, I need to come back to this and explore yeah. after the session. Yeah. Um, so good. There's a lot of micro work. I think that's done in groups um, before and after the group is probably mm, just as, if not more important than what happens mm. in the big group. So what do you do in the moments preceding? What do you do in the moments after if someone felt uncomfortable going up to them and talking with them or someone was, was difficult to draw out or very quiet. Mm-hmm. Can you go to them and follow up? And um, there's lots of micro work that I think um, small things that can be done that can help you contribute to a more successful macro group the next week or the next mm-hmm. time as well. So. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Awkward pause there. Awkward. Well, you no, know, that's good. I was waiting for Sarah to ask. Well, okay. Question. So I'm what I'm kidding. hearing though is the importance <laughs> of process, not just as a group, but internal process, like solo process of yeah. what just happened. Right. Self-awareness. And so almost in, in sensing, all right, there's maybe some disengagement. Mm-hmm. There's maybe some attention sinking and then reflecting on that. What are causes the why behind it? What can I do? There's a lot of questions you can internalize yeah. really quickly. So then here's another, where's the line of self blame as a group leader, <laughs> right? And the different roles that might be showing up sure. and this is just what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, well, once again, I, you go back to those expectations. I do think you have to you have to put yourself through the evaluator a little bit. Mm. Um, if the group groups are often reflective of their leader, right? And so, if if I am very loose with the group, chances are it's going to be very chaotic. Mm-hmm. If I'm very controlled in the group, chances are you're you're going to um, not have a whole lot of engagement. And so, you you've always got to take these temperature checks for yourself mm-hmm. and and make sure that that 
for yourself, you're facilitating in the proper ways for this group. You, you'll have different mixes, especially if you have a group that's an open group, mm-hmm. in and out, in and out. Those dynamics can change week to week. And so you, as a facilitator, may have to change your approach week mm-hmm. to week. You know, over in youth, they in, in their tribes, they, they may have a totally different set of kids. They may have brand new kids that have never been there and then kids that have been going to this church, you know, yeah. since before right. they were born. Yep. And so, <laughs> um, you know, so you've got to make sure that you got to be aware of those pieces, but then aware of then how you're responding to it and make mm-hmm. sure that you're, you're responding in appropriate ways. Right. That's awesome. Wow. This has been good. I, I think huge takeaway for me, um, as I've led groups in the past, when I dealing with, a group that maybe is a little more difficult or that, or these mm-hmm. kind of roles show up um, just assuming there's really nothing I can do about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's kind of where I've always kind of just gone and it's like, well, Pardon. that's who they are. That's, yep. that's what they're going to do. But they're, but understanding, no, there's, there's a reason why they're acting sure. the way that they are. And there's actually things I can do as a leader yeah. to pull some, some other things yeah. out of them. And that's yeah. just, right. That's great. Right. So then as our group leaders are listening to this, you call you call, talked about temperature checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how are some ways as a group leader you can start doing temperature checks? Like what questions could you be asking yourself? Well, I think this is just for anybody in mm-hmm. general. What am I feeling right now? I, I think that's sometimes the most difficult question to answer. Mm-hmm. And the more the more you can get comfortable answering that question. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling jaded right now. Whatever, whatever it is, the more you can identify with within yourself on a day to day basis, I think the healthier you are, because once you can name it, then you can start to deal with it. I think sometimes people just throw it all into having a bad day. Right. I feel bad, whatever it is, instead of saying, no, here's, here's what I'm feeling. I've got a cough. I need a cough suppressant. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think we, you got to get good at recognizing <laughs> what am I feeling in the moment? Um, what am I feeling after? Like do a post-op, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's go see what, what's going on. Um, when it's all said and done, how did I feel about that, that session? Yeah. Um, and then, and then measure your expectations. I think you've got to, okay, did I accomplish what I said to accomplish and how do I feel about that? Mm. Am I okay. Right. right. Do I need to push a little harder? Um, w- one of the things that, that I also think is really important, this is something I, if anyone has ever heard me talk, they've heard me say this over and over ad nauseum. But I think it's important when any group, um, I have a saying, uh, and I stole it from somewhere, so <laughs> sorry for who I stole it from. We all do. <laughs> I don't know where I stole it from. But unsolicited advice is implied criticism, right? And so that means if I didn't ask you mm. for your advice and you give it to me in any way, yep. I'm going to personalize it and I'm, I'm going to maybe take offense at it. I'm yep. not going to act on it. And I think sometimes in these group settings, we want to help so people so desperately mm. that we forget to get their permission mm. to give them the advice. Wow. Right? That's and, really good. And so when you're starting with the expectations and some of those things, I think it's very important that we get people's permission mm. to give them advice or to give each other advice. Because one, one of the things that will shut down a group very, very quickly is when I'm feeling persecuted. Right. Right? I feel like you're targeting me. I'm feeling like you're singling me out, what, whatever it be. And so I think you need to set that expectation that is it's solicited advice. It's not unsolicited. Mm. And therefore we can do something with it and you'll receive it a little bit better. If we set up that expectation that we're going to, we're going to help each other in this moment or be, are you open to feedback about this? Yeah. Um, you know, I, one of the safest ways to do it, Adam Grant's uh, book, mm-hmm. um, 
And, and he talks about how we reach agreement on things is to ask, hey, can we can we wrestle with this a little bit? Like get permission to mm. debate it, get permission to argue it. And in society right now, we don't give permission. <laughs> right. We just start arguing. We, we just, just jump go. right into the we argument. And then you don't convince anybody. No. And right. you don't reach any compromise. You don't reach any level of understanding. Everyone's just entrenched in their point of view instead of saying, hey, can we bat this around a little bit? Mm. So I think asking for permission getting uh, their permission to solicit advice and give them solicited advice will definitely help your your group as you're as you're moving forward so good unsolicited advice is implied criticism, criticism. correct yeah that's, that's worth the price of admission right there, right there. <laughs> write, write it down and that, attribute it to the person who really that is so it. good well casey this has been gold yeah Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I know you were so nervous. This <laughs> pump. Okay, good. Dude, we really appreciate you Absolutely. coming and taking yeah. the time. We really appreciate what you're doing here at Central and what you do um, with the Good Samaritan Boys Ranch. I know you guys are doing amazing, amazing yes. work in this in this yes. town Thank doing you. that. Thank so, you. Thanks Thank for your time. You what an awesome conversation that was with Casey. Yeah, he's great. So fun so too. Just fun personality yeah, to be he in is. the room with. So Hang awesome. out with him all day. In the beginning of his, um, when he was sharing, he said the question, what is the goal of the group? And I think that's a really important thing to be asking yourself as a group leader, Mm -hmm. because Central, like we've acknowledged over and over and over again, there's so many different groups. Um, And it may be a temptation to compare how your group is meeting, the structure, what kind of goes on with a different, completely Mm -hmm. formatted group. And if you do that and then you're trying to like, there's being adaptable to what is happening in your group and adaptable because you may be insecure about how mm. you guys are meeting. And so I would just encourage you, ask yourself, what is the goal of our group? Specifically, what needs am I meeting in this group? Just stay consistent. Don't mm-hmm. make it confusing for people that are joining in week to week, wondering what is it going to be like this week? Like you are meeting specific needs. You are called to that group. You're directed to that group. You're anointed for that group. Stay consistent. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's good. So for example, I mean, if if you're a leader to a women's group here at Central, uh, you're, you're working with more uh, specific content and curriculum. Yeah. So don't veer away from that too right. much. I mean, you, you can. but And then if you're in a life group where you're maybe uh, focused a little bit more on fellowship, like right. do that. Be be consistent with that and, and be confident in that, right? right. Um, Sunday, Sunday classes at Central are going to be more um, based around some lecture and totally. just that classroom setting. So just, just lean into those sort of things that that really work for your group. Um, again, we just thank you guys so much for listening to the yeah. podcast. If you liked it. Only if you liked it. Only if you liked it. <laughs> give us a review and please subscribe to the podcast because that is the easiest way uh, to keep them coming at you every single time. Again, thank you so much for all you do at Central. Yeah. If you're outside of Central, thank you for listening today. Yeah. We really appreciate you being here with us. We'll see you next time.